0: My dad had stroke like um sixteen years ago over managing him at um a heart. So uh, we we had a very nasty experience during this coronavirus outbreak.
1: Bye. So we took the baby to the hospital, and the baby was so sick. He had, you know, serious jaundice and some infections because he had been exposed to rain and harsh weather. Hospitals had rejected, you know, admitting the baby because of the COVID-19 pandemic.
2: Way after I'd gone through the treatment, I'm okay and everything. Now it's a test.
3: Three Nigerians share their story on fighting for their lives and those of their loved ones during the lockdown and at the prime of covid-19 wave in nigeria this documentary covers the outstanding events and commentary on covid 19 effect in nigeria it focuses on how covid 19 pandemic had been localized an epidemic in the territory and an outbreak shared among loved ones an experience of rejected emergencies. Operations of hospitals during COVID-19 has been difficult. Any emergency case could be the spread of an epidemic. Anyone walking through the doors could have been infected or can get infected. COVID-19 disease has come to test the public health systems of many countries, including Nigeria. The public health system in Nigeria has been underfunded for years. According to Nigerian president, Mohamed Buhari, we now face the biggest challenge of our generation.
4: We have introduced healthcare measures, border security, fiscal and monetary policies, in our response, we shall continue to do so as the situation unfolds. Some of these measures will surely cause major inconveniences to many citizens, but these are sacrifices we should all be willing and ready to make for the greater good of our country.
3: Over a thousand lives have been lost to the pandemic, but many more have lost loved ones because COVID nineteen disrupted all the medical services.
0: Daddy was seventeen. My dad had stroke like um sixteen years ago and we've been managing managing him um, since then until he passed away Yeah, the Federal Medical Center, Javier. You know, once once you've had stroke, uh, your life becomes about, it uh, comes down to management. And uh, I think because of the prolonged use of drugs, he had a swollen heart. And when this last time it happened, it was, uh, we, we had a very nasty experience during this coronavirus outbreak. There are some seasons yes so He'll be down, he'll be under, he'll under the weather, will go to the hospital, he'll be admitted, conduct a series of tests. But when this and this last one that came, we couldn't access, um, couldn't access uh, medical aid or attention, uh, adequate medical attention because of uh, the outbreak of the coronavirus. So we went to Lukuja first because he's in Kogi State. We went to Nakuru. He was in Kogi State when we got to Nakuru. They checked him did some series of scans, they said his heart was uh, bloated and that we should discontinue the use of some drugs. And I think they gave him, they prescribed some drugs that it will help him return to normal. And when he wasn't getting okay, we now brought him to Abuja. And that was where the real challenge started from. We went to well, what the Specialist Hospital. They rejected him, that they were not taking in patient because of the coronavirus, they were with the condition. We now went to um, Gareki Hospital. We went to National Hospital, from National Hospital to Geirke Hospital. It was, the same, it was the same story, they were rejecting him until we got to Jabi um Hospital, where he was um, he was admitted because we have an uncle that called and was like, oh, you should take care of him. You wouldn't have a holding facility in case it's coronavirus, where you can keep people and examine them for sometimes. And when they gave him some drugs, they admitted him. After enough um, uh, back and forth, they admitted him. They, they gave, they admitted some antibiotics and some other things. He started recovering. Then later on, he passed on. Hmm. And um, yes, it's 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 kind of very terrible for us. It's it's painful, where you know your person could have lived if, if he if he had gotten adequate um, medical attention early. But because of the fear of the pandemic and um, the doctors were running, nobody wanted to even in fact it's not the best time to fall sick. It's not the best time to fall sick. Now a lot of people are self medicating to us. If you go to the hospital we wouldn't be fear from the doctor. The fear from the doctor, the nurses and everybody. You know, It's just better you stay at home and take care of yourself. That's what, that's what. Every month, every month is tense.
3: The Minister of Health stated that rejected emergencies was unethical.
0: It is
3: unethical to reject patients who come to a hospital for treatment. I have said here repeatedly
5: that every person who comes
3: to a hospital must be seen and attended to, and at the least... Giving advice, you give him advice on what to do. If you can't handle it. Advise them where to go, or call transport for them. But to just say go, we don't handle that is unethical. It's not acceptable. The state governor of Kogi, Yaya argues on the public health stands of the society due to COVID nineteen.
6: People go to do because. Nobody is even willing to go. If you even go, nobody to attend to you. You will die. Not as a result of COVID-19,
5: but the fear. People are developing high BP death. If I were to ask a question, what? How much? How many have we lost?
6: Unfortunately, to COVID, reported. How many deaths have we reported? Have we recorded since the advent of this COVID, owing to other ailments? I'm not giving also believe it is to be to hundreds by day. Hunger, malaria, heart attack, child birth, of fever of recess and rest. Yes, we are it to all of these. Our attention is geared towards COVID-19. COVID-19.
3: The procedure for health testing also suffered a huge blow A COVID-19 survivor narrates that he got infected and was discharged from the hospital before he was confirmed positive. Uh, Well, it's good to talk to you. It's also good to know that uh, you're one of the survivors of COVID-19. Let's start with your experience. What was it like from the point of contracting the virus and then trying to find some
7: level of healing down the road?
2: Um. Actually, I uh, I started feeling sick. I think sometime in um, late May, early June. I actually went to one of the labs to get uh, to a test. Initially I thought it was malaria, but I eventually found out that it so was malaria. That there was no malaria parasite. But I knew I wasn't really feeling well. So a friend of mine actually asked me to go and do a COVID test. Uh, I, so I went to the international uh, conference center, which was like where the hope for the for in Abuja, and it was. Um, I went the first day I went. They asked me to go back and text that I should call the NCBC uh, line. I
5: said
2: I'm here. They're not kidding. I said I don't think it's fair to say no. I, I have to go back, so uh, I went back home tried calling, eventually I got through and scheduled the test, so I went into the test. In between the test and the result, I was really, really feeling bad, so I, I took myself to, I was driven down to National Hospital, Kapuja, and um, there they said they needed to get the confirmation of the story it was positive or negative. I was now asked to go to. Asokoro General Hospital, uh, which was like a holding. I got there. They didn't even open their gate. It was like, ah, no, we are not taking anybody here. Just go, doing that plan. I said, guys, I'm dying here. Can't. Just, you know, admit me and let, you know, proceed from there. So that day, I had to go back home. Later that night. I really started feeling terrible because I couldn't reach properly. I was my temperature about forty, or something, and so I called a friend who came to pick me and drove me down to the national to the sea. So that at that point, when they saw my condition, that um, they now had to admit me and give me a bed. That was joining. Oh, it was really funny because. Not for this, I mean, if in between going back and forth, someone could have lost his life and all that, but, you well, know, I was able to get to bed at my third asking at the National Institute, and uh, from there, business started. That's my test that I had to take my sample. The results came out when I had from that National Institute. Officially, I had to use a back channel to get the results. Because the national people said without NCDC confirming that I was positive, they wouldn't admit. So I used my cousin there to get the result. But the official result came out way after I'd gone through the treatment and okay and everything. now sent me a text that my sample that they took came out for.
3: He survived because he knew people in the health sector. The historic effect of COVID 19 will always be with us, despite its novel nature. In an interview with Professor Titus Ibikwe, a virologist, he explains the etiology of the virus.
6: We say that COVID-19 is um, a disease of nature and nurture. Because one active disease, as it were, is just like an epidemic, you know, because it can affect um society and spread like wildfire. so the effort should be treating this like uh the white polio to ensure that it's completely eradicated within our country uh before we can beat our chest that's why some of the figures we're seeing now um well it is something to cheer about that it appears to be on the decline but again it could be deceptive if we over relax our guards at least in Nigeria, about 60% are below 60 years. And we know that this set of people are those who have some good measure of immunity that are able to fight back when they get exposed to this illness.
3: The pressure on the health workers to provide adequate service also comes with a risk of its kind.
5: If I'm putting a patient in a ventilator and supposed to dialyze this patient, how many hospitals in Nigeria have dialysis machines in their intensive care units. The working conditions itself are so small and poor that we do not have that technical know-how to even when we do have the technical know-how, we can't even have these machines to even work.
3: Another experience of the disruption of COVID-19 is shared in the next story.
1: okay so the baby was the baby's mother was the victim of um, of of trafficking like she, she, she had the baby sorry sorry she had the baby she had the baby and she is a drug addict a drug user Mm. so um she was using the baby to beg for arms so she could use the money for drugs and then she was arrested by nap with the baby and so um therapy foundation offered to help they said they could give um um they could support the vi- the suspect with a uh, rehabilitation and then they reached out to me for child care support if I could do that. So um, actually, we rushed the baby to the hospital. They reached out to me for medical assistance, really. So we took the baby to the hospital and the baby was so sick. He had you know serious jaundice and some infections because he had been exposed to rain and harsh weather and he was not well-fed as well, and he was preterm. He was underweight. So it was quite a very challenging moment. I knew that before Dorothy reached out to me, hospitals had rejected, you know, admitting the baby because of the COVID-19 pandemic. You know, there was this fear, or could he be a COVID patient, you know? So I haven't worked with several children in the past and currently. I have links with hospitals and doctors that I work with. So I reached out to one of my doctor friends at Federal Staff Hospital Guarempa and I told him we have the baby who is so sick, you know, and we needed to give care to that child so that he should please help me reach out to his colleagues because we wouldn't want to get to the hospital and then they will still reject us like other hospitals did reject us. Okay, the reason they didn't want to attend to the baby firstly, was because they were everybody, every patient was a suspect of COVID-19. And then um, another strong point they said was um, his, his preterm, so they didn't have facilities to give care to an a, a, a preterm baby. So he was really very, he was very tiny, he was less than two kg, you know, at that time. So. They were scared that they couldn't manage him and he may not be able to make it but i just had faith that you know with proper care he will make it so those are the experiences like he was he was preterm so they needed he needed to be in an incubator you know and all of that and with with you know and he needed to be cared for by a pediatrician the pandemic i didn't care if i was going to contract you know the virus because um, I also knew that even if I contracted it somehow, I would recover, and even if I didn't recover from it at that point, I wasn't thinking of my life because when I saw the baby, all I felt for him was you know compassion. I felt so much pity for him, and I just knew that I was ready to take a risk to save his life. so going to the hospital, I knew I had to use my face mask. But I also still knew that using the face mask might not still save my life. I just said my short prayer and I said, "Lord, just protect me. I'm going to take care of this baby. And I'm going to get there and see what see what's going on with him. Follow up, you know, whatever it was he needed, I'll give my support as I could, trusting God to you know be with me." And and that was it.
3: Hmm. So, uh, just to ask you now, how is the baby? How is his state of health uh, compared to when? No, it was given to your custody.
1: The baby is doing so well. Um, when I met him, he weighed uh, about 1.8 kg, but um, today he weighs almost 10 kg. Wow! And he's going to be six months in two weeks, and um, he, you know he's fine. He's never been sick, like sick. He's never he has never slept in the hospital since he's been in my care we've never treated malaria in six months you know so it's it's a testimony he is so healthy and when i take him to the hospital you know for his usual vaccines you know it it looks like he's the baby Uh, you know mothers are curious they're asking me baby friendly you know is he a baby friendly baby you know like is it exclusive breastfeeding i did for him but it, it he has never you know been breastfed but, you know, God has kept him and we were, uh, he also gave us strength to give care to him and, and that was it. That's, that, that's it, he's doing great, he's so healthy. I think he's even healthier than my biological son right now.
7: Other stories emerge. My name is Bashir Labarang. Yes, actually we took my father to Aminokono teaching hospital then and we spent the whole day without any doctor attending to us. When we realized that they might not treat him, we took him back home. And after a day or so, he was really struggling to breathe. And after that, we took him back to a private hospital where he spent a day before he finally gave up. My father died. As at the time we took him to the hospital, he was was finding it really difficult to breathe. And we informed the doctors, but they didn't do anything. They said we should wait by the side. We waited and waited without anybody attending to us. This happened at the peak of the coronavirus outbreak in Kano. I believe the doctor's failure to attend to us was the main reason why he died. Because he wasn't even able to breathe and nobody treated him. The emergency unit was overwhelmed when we went to the hospital. There are a lot of patients, some were on the ground, and some could not even have a bed space. They suspected it was coronavirus, probably that was why they did not treat them.
3: As a response, a number of Nigerians started self-diagnosis and treatment of new emergencies with other alternative perceived solutions. The new emergency now was dealing with the perceived rumors of cure in herbs.
4: Were you also of the opinion that what's called hypercompression works for the treatment of covid Yes, it works. Depending on how you use it, the usage. For example, now let me use myself as a sample. When uh, this covid i felt sick i before i went to hospital i took some concussion stemming orders so i was okay but i just left us all those uh, concussion after like two weeks i felt sick back to the extent that i could not have any stamina i have to go to hospital after going to after all those medication in hospital a well, little bit okay i still use concussion most of them is very good for to boost your system, um, immune system so that even if you if you go around if anybody touch you uh, you know all those are uh, 19 ideas uh, so you'll be okay many people have the covid but they don't even know because they use some uh, medication the Aba mm-hmm. concussion that boost the immune system. I, I took ginger with one leaf, they call it a leaf, ewe tea, tea, tea leaf. So we kind of, uh, we burn it together. Is it burning, you know? You know when they said, when they said this uh, chloro- chloroquine leaf, ewe come goji, so that is used to make uh, chloroquine. So I use that one with a mango, a pomango. You combine them? All yes, together. all together with uh, lime, amakote, you cut it into two, you use many, then alligator pepper, atari. Yes, so that all those things, Tiko it will definitely disappear. Once <laughs> you steam, even if you have anything, it will just disappear.
6: Well, um, the answer is uh, yes and a no. Yes, because the hospitals were, you know, the epicenters of the disease. Uh, We cannot be sure that if you are coming to the hospital to, because you have headache, we cannot be sure that it is not COVID-19. So, you remember that hospitals were shut down during that time. So, hospitals were just being careful. They didn't want to, you know, just ask, allow anybody to come into their premises and then that person will now be spreading the virus all around. So, they were so cautious. So, that's the yes side of it. It was okay that they were turning people back, but I think that what they should have done was to subject people to test COVID-19 tests in the first instance on the flip side of it I understand that even COVID- 19 test was and is still expensive so you understand that you, they couldn't just ask anybody to just go for tests just like particularly if they were not sure it's just about not being sure that you are a risk to all the other patients in the hospital on the other hand of, on the other hand I think that it was wrong for hospitals to really turn people back. When people come to hospitals it simply means they they have some ailments and the hospitals are the place the, the you know the places that people should get healing for whatever ailments they have. There are gaps in how health workers in Nigeria
3: are trained to handle outbreaks. So generally when such situation arises, one they want to seek for more
5: knowledge and more researches are done and then you also want to do observation of patients who have had the disease for example uh, then what is the likely prognosis of that particular disease so that has gone a long way because health workers have enlightened themselves more researches were done more publications were done than in any other disease pandemic that has ever happened so more knowledge to the health workers on the particular on the coronavirus uh, disease. So, and then with that, the more knowledgeable you are, the more confident you will be, and the more you know how to handle or how to protect the, uh, yourself from the disease. Before, it's not even known as a different modality of nature. It was later uh, found out that it's usually from aerosols, from uh, the air we breathe, and so on. Not, it doesn't. It's not transmitted via blood and other means.
3: As the infection curve of COVID nineteen among Nigerians dwindles, mistrust for health services in Nigeria remains despite pledges to fund. The health sector. For some individuals in Nigeria, it is wise to limit interfacing with the health sector during an emergency than to plead not to be rejected. This documentary is produced by Femi D. Amelem as part of the Prevent Epidemics Nigeria Journalism Fellowship with support from Nigeria Info FM and Nigeria Health Watch.